where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised up above the hills. People shall stream to it, and many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between many peoples and shall arbitrate between strong nations far away. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall all sit under their own vines and under their own fig trees, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. We're not there yet are we? These words from Micah, if only. So my question this morning is, have we hit bottom yet? I mean, that's a 12-step question, if you're familiar with that program. It's also a question for gardeners. I'm a weed picker. And I like the challenge and the opportunity to be outside and to just putz around. And when I see a weed spring up, it gives me great delight to pluck it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Weed pickers know that the best time to pluck up a weed is when? After the rain, after a storm when the ground is more vulnerable. How vulnerable are we right now? This is a good time to pluck up some weeds or some teachings that may be growing inside us that may not be life-giving. What's amazing to me sometimes is that what's on the surface can look so small. And what comes up, especially lately, I've been picking up things that resemble like carrots and turnips. And then there's like this other web of roots, much more delicate, but there. I was gonna bring one in, but you know what it looks like. Beth and I have a neighbor, his name is Bupinder, and he grew up in India. And he saw me picking the weeds, and he said, you know, people told us we should pick the weeds, and I did pick them, but they came back. <laughs> and he was genuinely surprised. 
He thought it would be a one and done. It is not. Especially not if you just pick the leaves, right? Or the tops. Mowing doesn't do it. In fact, our first lawnmower barely cut grass. So we just lay it down and then it would spring up. That doesn't work. Friends, to state the obvious, the sickness of violence is a weed, a toxic weed. And it's part of this country's origin story. It's framed by some, the origin story that is, it's framed by some as heroism and noble pursuit, even ordained by God. I would never ask you to praise or worship that God. And this narrative, this origin story narrative, has deep roots and offshoots that have expanded the battlefield. Now, I'm a daughter of the American Revolution, not an official member, but I do qualify through my mother. And I remember going to those reenactments. They were so neat and tidy, just a little piece of parcel of land. Looked like it was all happening on a soccer field. It was not in real life, I guess. But I grew up thinking that. Did anyone else think that battlefields were contained? All right, it's just me. But still, imagine growing up thinking that battlefields were contained. But even now, even that naive vision, even now if you were to say, no, of course they're not contained, but there seemed to have been boundaries. And now there's like no out of bounds. Supermarkets, schools, movie theaters, nail salons, worship spaces, public parks. You're probably naming more now in your head. Has they, these places have become battlegrounds. It doesn't have to be this way. Have we hit bottom yet? Meaning, have we reached a level of discomfort and admission of illness that we are willing to work for a new way? Meaning, are we willing to examine our participation in the offshoot of the illness? Are we willing to act with courage? These are hard questions. These are after the candles questions. After the candles are lit and after the prayers are offered, these are the questions that we must wrestle with. We have begun wrestling with that here at UCC Longmont with our gun safety ministry. It's not just about guns, but it's a part of it. Our military has expanded too to civilian life where military-grade weapons are available to civilians. That's crazy. Not just the style of weapons, but the magazines. Who needs that firepower? This is not an anti-hunting message. This is not a going to the range, anti-going to the range message. This is a 
Does not even our military have boundaries now? You know, when you play sports, when you finish a season, you turn in your uniform. How do we help people to turn in the mentality that you need a gun to be safe? And that your vow to protect and to serve does not require that you remain militant in your home and your neighborhood. How do we do that? Can we do that together? So for every candle we light, let's, let's turn in an assault rifle. Let's turn in a high magazine holder, whatever those things are called. Let's go to the city council. They can make local decisions now. It's going to take some courage. You know, I was at Silver Creek High School graduation yesterday, and the, the teacher who was chosen to speak, I don't remember his name right now, but he said, you know, it's ironic. I'm up here, and I'm supposed to impart some wisdom to you, some learned experience, and he said, as an adult, I think we have failed you, so I can understand why... Well, at least I can understand the irony of here I am speaking to you as an adult. And he said, you need to be more courageous than some of the adults have been. And we clapped, and I clapped, and then I said, wait a minute. Yes, they do, but we need to be more courageous too. And we'll do that in the days and weeks to come. We'll have opportunities to do that, and you may think of some ways yourself, and I hope you do. Today, we're going to acknowledge some of the roots of violence of this nation's, on this nation's land, the losses of life and homelands before the Civil War. And as you listen, please consider what the land has witnessed over the years. We get very... Let's think now as the land, if that's possible. What has the land witnessed over the years, not just here in this country, but throughout the world? And Edwina and Vicki have prepared some remarks for us to help us in our consideration of what's happened on this land. Many of you may not know that Southern and Western Colorado were previously part of Spain, then Mexico, before becoming Colorado. On February 2nd, 1848, the United States and Mexico signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, putting an end to the two-year Mexican-American War. Mexico gave the U.S. about 950,000 square miles, nearly half of its landmass, in exchange for peace. The United States essentially took the land by force. 
the land of Mexico was eventually partitioned into Colorado, New Mexico, California, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and other states. Nearly 80,000 Mexican citizens lived in this area. The treaty was meant to protect their property and civil rights, but Congress weakened the treaty that guaranteed their rights. The land was the greatest issue. Past land grants with individual plots and communal areas for grazing, hunting, and gathering were denied by American law. And in my own family in the San Luis Valley, that was history that was passed on to all the generations with, with great uh, strength of memory that land was taken away. Communal lands were lost, impoverishing communities and families. In the 1960s and 70s, Chicano activists fought for access to the communal lands. In 2002, activists in the San Luis Valley were successfully, successfully gained access to some of the communal lands. Descendants of the original Mexican citizens live in the U.S. today and in Longmont contributing to the life and culture of our community. In the Latino community, we say, we did not cross the border, the border crossed us. Today, we have an opportunity to acknowledge and remember those who came before us on this land and recognize and honor the land on which we live and play. Many nations have walked this land and their descendants still walk among us. We acknowledge that we live in the territory of Arapaho and Cheyenne nations and that the Front Range is home to the Ute and many other indigenous nations. These people never believed that they could own the land. They believed that they were simply caretakers of the land for future generations. Native people share and honor and were the original stewards of all that Mother Earth provides. Food for the people, medicines and ceremonies, water which is sacred to life. They honor women as the carriers of knowledge and honor the infinite wisdom of the grandfathers. Native peoples continue to protect our land and water, maintain cultural traditions and practices and contribute in immeasurable ways to our society today. We give thanks and honor today on this Memorial Day Sunday, the first people who walked where you now walk and live for protecting and being stewards of the land since the beginning of time. Abraham Joshua Heschel is known to have said, some are guilty, but all are responsible. And what we're responsible for is what comes next. And so in that spirit of a willingness to consider what comes next, and with the courage to confess what has been, I invite you to join 
in this prayer of confession as it's written in your bulletin and as it will appear on your screen. O great spirit, God of every people and every nation, we ask for your forgiveness and guidance. Forgive us for the colonialism that stains our past and the entitlement that allows some to think that another's home could be claimed as their own. Help us to confront the racism that divides us as we acknowledge the pain it has caused and causes still to the human family. Call us to kinship and heal us. Mend the hoop of our hearts and guide us in your ways of justice, peace, and presence. And let us continue in a few moments of silence. Let's see what the Spirit will do with us. (laughs) 